I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him in spite of all his imperfections. I'm a fan of man! Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. I was about to have a sip of my big delicious beer, then I realised it's my it's time for me to say my name. I feel for you though. You sit through that whole thing, me rambling about things in the past and all these things, and you and your can of beer sitting in there glistening in the sun. And a bead of sweat drops down the side of your face and you're like, wait, when is this thing going to be over? Maybe I could just squeeze in one little sip. <sighs> Too late. My lips were doing that little quivery thing with <laughs> a life of their own. It's like that. It's like when Seinfeld's interrogating Newman and he's <laughs> sipping his grape soda or whatever it is. Grape soda is a real American thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or pop. That's real American. Yeah. Grape drink. We don't have any grape soda here of any variety. No, and growing up especially, I resented that because I'm quite partial to, you know, faux grape. Yeah, and I think we're probably heavily influenced by the types of things we talk about on this podcast. So it's probably like, yeah, they have it on Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, correct. And uh, we had grape hubba bubba though, and that was the shit. That was good and um, maybe nerds or something. There was, there yep. was purple flavour. Yes, we had there purple flavour. We were exposed to grape, but not there wasn't a smorgasbord of grape. Yeah. What, just to round that out, we probably mm. have, but I'm going to keep going. Um, <laughs> I had an American friend, TJ, in my later years of high school. Um, oh, great American he, name too. Yeah, I know. And his dad's name was Topper. And he's Topper Jr.? No, uh, he was just TJ. It's top, it must be Topper Jr. Oh, geez. Well, I never. Yeah. I think his name was be- Thomas. Because um, top, oh, really? I think his dad's name was Thomas. No, his dad's name was Thomas, but everyone called him Topper. Yeah. So he Thomas might have been Jr., Topper man. Jr. Holy shit. Yeah. What? Wow. wow. DJ Tanner. No, not TJ Tanner. DJ in um, Roseanne is probably Dan Jr., right? I never. This is all new. So I, I feel that, like you've opened up a whole world to me. That's what a I aim to do, world. man. A whole new world. Yeah, there you go. Really? He had uh, Kool Aid. He's that that bring his dad went back to the states a lot for work, and they would bring like literal garbage bags full of Kool Aid, which I hadn't experienced. Right, which is just powder, which you had to. It's like cordial, dried cordial, I guess, effectively. But you put in the powder and then like a cup and a half of sugar per liter. Yeah. It was- <laughs> it's funny because um, it's one of those things when I lived in the US. One of those things that I didn't realize. There's many things when I moved to the US I didn't realise were Australian things, whether it's words, whether it's mm. food, whether it's Milo. I don't know if that's Australian, Australian, but it's not in the US. And um, cordial was one of them, yeah, because there's Kool-Aid and stuff. But here it's a, mm. it's a cordial market over here. I wonder oh, yeah. if the Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid had a board meeting about, you know, penetrating the Australian market and someone was like, nah, man, that cordial's got it covered. Can't yeah. be done. Some You're guy sitting crazy. in the corner of the boardroom is like, you best not try to take your powdered shit down there. <laughs> yeah, it was a guy from Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a Starbucks guy. <laughs> he knows. 
Apparently there's one or two still kicking around, like Penrith or something. Yeah, there's. I think there's a couple of CBD ones. I think international students did. Oh, it. is there? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. There was one down near where I lived, which was uh, yeah. uh, UTS International Student Central, you might say. That's very astute on your part. The Devil's Advocate, Tristan. Devil's Avocado. The Devil's Avocado. Mm. Nineteen ninety-seven. You you haven't seen this movie? This is the first of our Halloween. Th- I'm saying lots of things. You haven't seen it, and it's the first of our Halloween spectacular. What are we calling it? Yeah, we should introduce that thing we haven't come up with a name for yet. But, you know, I mean, it's November. No, it's October. October. It's, a, <laughs> it's a spooky season. So spooky. you got uh, pump, pumpkins and stuff. What else is uh-huh. What else is this season? What else happens in Halloween? We don't really have anything for Australia in October. Not Well, we've, we've obviously hijacked um, Halloween pretty significantly, but there's no other. Yeah, all we've got is Halloween. And so that's what we're working to. Well, I mean, we've got hay fever. Oh, we've got hay fever. Yeah, it's a nice tradition, as is tradition. Yeah, so welcome to the first official episode of uh, Let's Come Up With a Name on the Spot, Halloween Spooktacular Mega Scarathon. Oh, there you go. And then yeah. insert a howling wolf. Yeah. Well, I Black cat just crossed my tree. Very good. That was yeah. perfect. Or And some of those organ keys. We need a real local shopping mall store sponsor. Did we get the like? What's tips? the what's the sponsor from Wayne's World? I can't, I can't remember. Pepsi, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, here we go. It's what about uh, Hummerston's Meats, Lancove West. Okay, there you go. I was going to say brought to you by Crystal Pepsi, but uh, that'll do. Um, what do we have coming up in this mini series? It's an interesting one, Greg, because you know there's scary movies, but then there's like family scary movies, and then there's like courtroom drama scary movies, and then there's you mm. know slashy slashies. There's all kind of scary movies, and we're trying to cover a real cross section of, of the aforementioned scary movies. Mm. First up is this one, Devil's I'm Advocate. A fan of it. Next mm-hmm. week, Adam's Family. Mm-hmm. Week after that, we've got Friday the Thirteenth. You got your Friday the 13th. And then we're doing Halloween 2. Of course, we did Halloween 1 Halloween last two. year. It's going to be interesting because, you know, I understand there's quite a drop-off. I have not seen Halloween 2. I understand there's quite a drop-off from the masterpiece that was number one into number two. And it will be interesting to compare and contrast with Friday the 13th. It's very astute on your part. Thank you. Um, but we're not here to talk about all four of these movies today. We're here to talk about one. One at a time. A little movie called Devil's Avocado came out in... 1997, what a year. 97, I was in year 10. Wow. Wow. Doing my school certificate. So I must have been in year 8. Wow. Wow. Having the, having the beers, mm. parties. <laughs> also playing a little bit of, uh, actually I didn't play this in 97, I played it a couple years later though. GTA Grand Theft Auto, the original came out. Oh, the like top down one. Yep, the bird's eye view, little go around and get the cars and crash the cars and get the frame flower. Yeah. Burn the policeman. Yeah. Wow. 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 I never had that until until it was 3D on PlayStation and stuff. But it was like something oh, right. that would be at a friend's house and it would be like, oh my God, you've got that game. And yeah. it was so naughty, so naughty. It was naughty. I played this a lot in 99, which was my last year of high school. Uh, it was on one of the computers. Oh, no, sorry, my mate had it oh. on CD or whatever. And we'd go to art class 
and pretend we were working on our imaging, like in Photoshop to, you know, touch up our photography and we'd just sit Mad. there and play. Did you do art in year 12? Yeah, I did three years Mad. of art. Really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Most people do. Like I did art too. I didn't do three unit though. Uh, I did three unit well, theory. We never talked about like this. The extra unit was just art theory, like art history. Yeah, that's cool. I smashed the theory though because I learned like every art movement was just challenging everything that came before it. <laughs> so you could, <laughs> you could almost write the same essay for each. And I, think I feel I like did, we've had I, this I conversation. Maybe we have after a few I years. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, did you do bell. photography? I did photography for my major work, yeah. Look at this. We're learning about each other live on the podcast. Just when we thought you would have done some sort of painting, today. didn't you? I did charcoal drawing. I started painting and then I ended up doing charcoal drawings and used the paintings as sort of frames or something. I oh, always regretted not cool. taking it home. I left it at school when I never went and picked it up. Ah, I regret not doing sculpture. I was good at sculpting but I took the easy route because photography – I got I knocked it over in like two weekends and still got a pretty solid mark. Yeah, I did I did my chalk drawings in one night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such was yeah. high school, man. I, oh, no. no brief. I'd be it's so good at high brief. school now. How hard is it to have a, a, an open brief? I talk about this all the time at work because everyone Give thinks they constraint. want an open brief. You need a constraint. Constraint, baby. Give me a challenge to overcome. You can't just go do anything you want. I need a mm. problem to solve. Yeah. Good <sighs> time. Anyway, GTA solved a few problems, maybe caused it, a couple in the process. Yeah, it did. Um, so this game was created by a guy called David Jones, no relation, I don't oh. believe, to the um, right. retailing magnate uh, in Australia oh, the, the and Mike part. Daly. But David Jones, can you guess what other game he uh, created? Mousetrap. No, another another video another video just, game. Uh, You'll probably... Like when I, you're not going to guess it, but when I tell you, you go, oh, I can kind of get that. Lemmings. Oh, I can kind of get that. There you go. Another you game go. I never had, but it, I would experience at friends' houses. Any, yeah. any game that was on an actual computer, I found it very overwhelming mm. and still do. PC gaming, I understand it's maybe the superior thing technically, but the idea of controlling things with a keyboard and stuff feels overwhelming to me. It's like going into the cockpit of a plane and being asked to fly the thing. It's too much for me. I want to push the arrow and the thing goes in the direction of the arrow. Maybe, I was going to say it's a generational thing, but it's certainly not because of there's obviously a lot of people younger than you that are PC gamers. Yeah, yeah no, it's, a, it's just a me thing. We had a computer. We had a compact Presario with, with like 1.5 gigabytes of storage. Oh, my goodness. Stop. <laughs> I used to buy the PC magazines at the newsagent just to get the demo disc with all the demo games on it. Me too. And play them to once. Just, <laughs> I used to read the, uh, just read about the the specs. You know, I'd get like a Harvey Norman voucher and oh. Oh, wow. I was, re- I was quite nerdy in hindsight. That's interesting. I never understood the, the specs of computers. No, neither. I just like the, I assumed <laughs> big numbers were good. Oh, for, uh, 1.2. Hmm. Not 1.3. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this game was nearly called Race and Chase. Um, Not bad. And you, were, and you were a copper that chased around criminals. And then apparently they thought it was a bit dull, so they flipped it. <gasps> then someone on a whiteboard was like, wait a second, turns the thing around. Turns the he he came up with the idea because he saw the reflection of the idea in the mirror. <laughs> he was like, wait police a second. Cups? Cups, police cops? <laughs> cops, police. Cops, police. Wow. I like that. This wow. is a great story. 
Continue. Yeah. So um, keep going. You know, I, what did I read here? So I've got a, I've got a little quote from its review um, at the time, which is pretty apt if you're a GTA man. Yeah. The real payoff of Grand Theft Auto is the freedom it allows. Yeah. With most games, you can only go where the games tell you where you can go. In GTA, you can go anywhere in the city, take any car on the street at any time. The only two things you really have to watch out for are getting killed and arrested. The true joy of GTA is is the giddy feeling you get when you decide for no apparent reason to start launching rockets, blowing up cars, <laughs> setting people on fire, and then just over the screams you hear of the sounds of approaching police sirens. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, and how long can you stay alive with five stars on you? Yeah, that's and kind it really of the game. was. Even though I didn't play it till the next one when it was proper three D, it felt everything you just said. It felt like that, and probably if you went back and played that now, it would feel quite restricted because there's not much to it, probably. But at the time, man, and then the flip side of that is, I don't know if it was officially the first, but one of the first open world games. And now I've got to tell you. I, I think I've spoken to you about this, my, my lockdown gaming habits. I've really pivoted towards games that are less of a slog. And all mm. of these open world games, including GTA to a degree, but at least they make it fun. It feels like work. Like I think Red Dead and GTA do a good have a it's wrapped up in a compelling story and it's all a bit fun and silly. But these other ones they're like technically beautiful and everything, but it's like now you've got to ride your horse for 15 minutes that way and now you've got to do, and go tell this guy about that thing. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't spend money on this game to work. It's, Fucking hell. Do you feel that sometimes they've crossed the line into... It's a grind. Yeah, and what satisfies the gamer, like it's... Sorry, the game creator slash... Is it like a critic thing? I don't know. It How might these be. things get reviewed? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it might the, even just the story. I just want to blow yeah. shit up, score goals, kick some. I think I do the like head. the story. Although the flip side is, so the thing is, I've, I've pivoted towards all the not all of them, but a lot of the Nintendo games, which are actually just fun to play, versus like, like being arcade a lot of hard style, work style older games. Kinda. And actually, I was gonna say I'm I like story driven games, but what the f- story of Mario? Who the fuck knows what that is? Although there's a movie coming and Chris Pat's playing Mario. There you go. Ooh, nice. And who else is in it? <laughs> Who, who's Bowser? Did we see? Or uh, Jack Black. There you go. That's good. Um, voices, voices. And, of course, Red Dead Blends is the perfect balance of anything yeah. you need in a game that's not a sporting game. Yeah. Greg often heads west for a bit of a hunt. I did this week. I went I, I pulled out the controller. I needed a bit of, you know, escapism. Yeah. And I uh, pulled out the controller and Red Dead 2, oh, if I'm feeling bad or, I, you know, I go and hunt and if I'm just feeling like I want to connect with nature, I just go and sit in the, sit in a bush <laughs> and start a fire, camp. Bruce it's is all like, there. what are you doing this game, Daddy? You sit. You appreciate, <laughs> appreciate nature, <Yeah>. son. <laughs> <laughs> we're, here, we're here to get some fresh air. <laughs> Ah, uh, what a year! Ninety-seven. <laughs> we um we talked a little bit about <laughs> GTA coming out that year. I'm there'll be a GTA movie one day, which will be completely unnecessary. Um, yeah, but it'll surprised there hasn't been already. Yeah. Anyway, big year for movies too. I won't go through them all. We, we've been here many times before, but it is the to, to set your box office barometer. It's the year of Titanic. 
Year of Tomorrow Never Dies. Air Force One, Liar Liar, big year for courtroom dramas. Liar Liar, mm. yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. Batman and Robin, Goodwill Hunting, Starship Troopers. Mm. But a little movie came in at number 25. That movie was called The Devil's Advocate. But don't taste. I'm just getting started. <laughs> uh, came out in October of 1997. Budget of $57 million. Box office gross of $153 million. It's a hit. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, critic score 63%, audience score 80%. Critic consensus, though it's ultimately somewhat undone by its own lofty ambitions, The Devil's Advocate is a mostly effective blend of supernatural thrills and character exploration. Interesting on the critic score and audience score. There was a bit of a, a delta there that I glossed mm. over. Critic 63, audience 80. I don't know that this movie is like a fan favourite or anything, but that intrigues me. And now having watched it, I, I it does strike me as that kind of movie. Get more into rewatch yep. later. But mm-hmm. do those numbers surprise you at all? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that checks out. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Audience maybe a little bit higher than I expected, but I'm happy. Yeah. And sometimes with older movies, it's almost like the audience score is more accurate because it's more like, okay, it's been 20 years. What what does the world actually think of this movie? And if it's yeah, high, yeah. you know. Um, was this a big movie for you, Greg? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So this, I'm pretty sure this was, I don't think we went to the movies. I think it was a DVD special, but it was a big deal for us. Like I'm 16-ish when this came out. Yeah. Um, and this is pretty sweet for a 16-year-old. Uh, we're introduced to Southern Belle, Charlize Theron. I hadn't <laughs> yeah. seen her before. Like, So you can imagine. I didn't ever know she was around back then, man. Yeah. I was- so, so surprised. <laughs> yeah, so she she's there. And it was a long-awaited return for Keanu because since Speed, he'd done a bunch of stuff that was kind of not for my demo. Um, yeah. Perhaps, you know, Feeling yeah. Minnesota and other movies with Idaho and other states <laughs> in the title, not interested. Yeah. Um, he did Johnny Mnemonic, <laughs> which was the yeah. one of the only movies I've ever walked out on in the cinema um, with, <laughs> with Liam. He can... My mate Liam, who listens to the show, um, so it was great to have him back in a role that was like exciting for teenage boys. And I thought he was like a legend. This movie, we'll talk about the rewatch, um, yeah. and we watched it a lot, man. Like it was, it was a sexy movie. It, it had Al Pacino, who was I didn't really know. I knew who he was ish, but not yeah. really. I just knew he was like an elder statesman of of Hollywood, yeah. and he's there, you know, being a boss and. It checked out for Teenage Greg. Yeah. And you haven't seen this. Never saw it. Never saw it. So my only relation to this movie really, I'd heard of it obviously. I vaguely recall someone reporting back at school about boobs being in this movie. I think I had my wires crossed a little bit with Scarface because I, when I was trying to think of what do I know about this movie, I thought there was something with the sister. 
And then I thought okay. I'm thinking of Scarface. Anyway, yep. um, I was ne- yeah. Well, I never saw it, so I had to do a plot prediction. Um, I guess in saying that, I I thought well, you can be the judge, but I did kind of. I think just through osmosis, cultural osmosis, I kind of knew the gist of the movie. Um, so my plot prediction in broad strokes isn't too far off, but um, the specifics are pretty well. Oh, good. So here's my plot prediction. Plot prediction. Keanu plays Joe Rifkin, <laughs> a legal assistant with aspirations to become a high-flying lawyer. In fact, he would do anything to get there. Oh, yeah? Yes. Sounds sexy. Even, even strike a deal with the devil himself. Now, while he may have gotten what he wants, he's now a high-flying lawyer, he now needs to do the devil's bidding after, shall we say, not reading the fine print. Uh, You know, he's looking at himself and he's thinking he's become everything he despised, all the opposite reasons of why he got into into law in the first place, and he knows he must free himself from this contract with the day of all, Um, which he eventually does, but not without major major sacrifice. It comes down to him or his girlfriend sacrificing himself. He saves his girlfriend. Oh. Um, so the details are way off. Well, <laughs> no, there's, there's some stuff there. There's some things. Some, there's some things there, you know. There's some nice. things there. I, I mean, I forgot to do my joke one, Greg. My joke plot prediction was that it's about that asshole in a brainstorm that shuts down every yeah, idea. That's right. Is the, you know, it's the laziest way to try and act smart in a meeting is to say, just be a devil's advocate here, guys. But have you thought about, you know, it's, it's so easy to poke holes in ideas. And especially in a brainstorm, sorry, I'm ranting now, especially in a brainstorm, it's a safe place. Ideas are fresh, they're new. We don't need any advocates for the fucking devil in there. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, no. Can't you can't stand the, it. The, the advocates for the devil... Out of the room, and uh, yeah. you know, you 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 sift through the the ideas post meeting potentially, or work up the favourites. You don't just shoot them all down in the room. Yeah, what are you going to walk that, out with in that point? In that instance, there is a role for that old the black hat thing, but I just find in yeah in the corporate environment, it is the laziest way to to try and chase some look how smart I am credentials. To shut yeah. down things and just—it's the easiest. Well, let me be the devil's advocate in this scenario. Fuck off. Anyway, yeah. it's not, the movie's not about that, as it turns out. <laughs> tell us about how it was made. I'll tell you all about where this movie came from, not based on the phrase. Origin story. It's based on a book, Greg. Not mm. not a novella, from what I understand. Um, a book. By the same title that came out in 1990 by Andrew Neederman. Neederman. <laughs> Needem. It sounds like a most Sizzlack prank call. Um, I need a man. <laughs> oh, my car stinks, and I can't, and I smell my own butt. <laughs> my car stinks. I'm a stinky like butt, that. and my butt stinks, and I like to smell my own butt. <laughs> anyway, he wrote this book in 1990. And interestingly, he actually took this to Warner Brothers himself, knowing it had movie potential. And he's not like a movie guy. He's not one of these. He's not a John Grisham or a Stephen King or a guy that did Jumanji. 
He mm. doesn't have any other books that have been turned into movies as far as I could tell. But this one he thought this is the one, walks over to Mr. Warner and his brother, <laughs> says this one's got potential here, and they agreed. And um, it did stall for a while though. It wasn't quite, you know, different people coming in and out, not the least of which being Mr. Joel Schumacher mm. who saw potential for a for a Mr. Lomax to be portrayed by a young Bradley Pitts. Oh, yep. Interesting. That Schumacher, of course, uh, Schumacher, of course, you either know from The Lost Boys or Batman with Nipples, um, somewhere between the two, um, this movie may have fell. Because his his kind of take on this movie was to really dial up the supernaturalness, dial up the special effects, let's make a real blockbuster out of this thing. You hear one part of it was having the New York subway thing kind of reflect Dante's circles of hell and all that kind of shit. Didn't happen. Development hell, shall we say, so to speak. Development hell. And um, there were some other names floated here and there, Christian Slater, John Cusack, Edward Norton, um, but it just kind of floated around. But it wasn't until the OJ trial. Billy. Trials were hot again, baby. People loved courtroom drama. People Trials didn't even back. have phones then. So they had to tune into their TV every night to see the latest in the courtroom drama that was the O.J. Simpson trial. People mm. wanted to see this shit. And so this movie was sitting there gathering dust and then they're like, you know what, let's fast track this one. Let's get Taylor Hackford to direct. Taylor Hackford I don't know a ton about, but um, he... Was available. He was available. He directed Blood In, Blood Out. Also oh. directed the biopic Ray based on the life and times of Ray Charles. These are great um, films. These are good films, good pictures. Oh, I said great. <laughs> great films. And his take on <laughs> it was quite the opposite, as you may expect, because his version is the version we got. A lot more grounded, embracing the courtroom drama. Um, he has a quote. He says, the courtroom has become the gladiator arena of the late 20th century. Oh, following the a, progress give a, of a Give it a rest, mate. I mean, he obviously never watched Gladiators for a start. But uh, following the progress of a sensational trial is, expe- is a spectacular sport. And, you know, this is the era of the OJ trial, athlete mm. on trial sport. The analogy kind of transcends. It, it, it makes a bit of sense. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I'm out here. Who, what was that surfer guy, Malibu or something? I was on the beach taking in some cosmic rays, getting healed by Mother Nature. There were a lot of good gladiators back in the day. That's all I'm saying. Oh, and I feel oh. like he's glossing over this, the, the, the relevance of gladiators. Gladiator, are you ready? Challenger, are you ready? Well, we had Vulcan. Yeah. We had Tower. Yeah. We wow, had Taipan. Yeah, shit. And then there was the guy from the UK gladiators that would come out called Rhino who had the biggest quads you've ever seen. Wow. you got a good memory. For gladiators. <laughs> okay, the movie's happening. <laughs> Taylor Hackford's in there. He brings in Tony Gilroy to rewrite the script as per his 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 hot take on the whole thing. What do we know him from? Armageddon. The Bourne Armageddon. movies. Armageddon. Armageddon out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that lame joke pops into my head every time I read the word <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> and I refuse to let it go. <laughs> um. Not only did they they tweak the script more in this grounded direction, they did change a few things from the book. Not that I'm an expert on the book. I haven't read the book, Greg. Come on. Um, 
But from what I can gather, there's a few interesting nuances. The name Milton um, was not in the book. And in the film, it's actually chosen as a direct reference to the author of Paradise Lost. Yes, of which course. is a poem from the 17th century. Um, and, the, and the quote, better to reign in hell than serve in heaven, is a reference to that also apparently. Um, in the book, Lomax is not Milton's son. And oh. in the book, the ending is is not so optimistic or even, well, we can talk more about the ending, whether it's optimistic or not. But um, in the book, he kills the devil but then gets arrested for murder and spends life in prison. How does he kill the devil? Feels challenging. Yeah, I'm vague on the details there. I don't know. Silver bullets. How do you kill the devil? You can't kill the. How do you kill that which is already dead? Anyway, yeah, casting. Yeah. Garlic. Garlic. Garlic, silver bullets. Silver mm. garlic? Silver garlic. Something like that. Silver beets? Silver garlic? Silver beets. Ah, silver beets. Silver that beets. <laughs> and some fennel. Pacino <laughs> initially rejected it. Um, uh, quite a few times, and but I think it was those earlier scripts, and he saw traces of Batman and Robin in there, I'm sure, and uh, but eventually said yes once it came to this rewrite. Uh, Keanu chose this film over Speed Two, rejecting a mi- eleven million dollars in the process. It's our guy, and took a ma- took it. This guy, man, we love Keanu, love this guy. Oh. He took a took a pay cut so that they could afford Pacino. Um, Charlie's Theron as Marianne Lomax, uh, Connie Nelson as Christabella, which translates to Beautiful Christ. Mm, interesting, interesting, interesting. And you know, there's a whole, there's a bit, there's a whole bunch of great. I mean, we'll talk more about some of the that guys that are in it and some of the um, the, the great smaller parts. But uh, mm-hmm. that's the crux mm-hmm. of it. Those are the main guys. These are the main players on the on the stage. That is the devil's advocate. Um, so they get these guys, they uh, get them to act all horny and weird. Yeah. And bash bash, you got yourself a movie. Yeah. Sex party. Yeah. Sex party up on the top floor of whatever that apartment building was. Why don't you come up and tell me? <laughs> back in that elevator so fast. <laughs> Let's play the trailer. Let's do it. A young attorney has the chance of a lifetime. Bill Chadwick Waters, we want you to come to New York. All expenses, first class, travel and lodging, you and your wife. Oh my God. He will enter a place of wealth and ambition. We've got 40 partners vested at the moment. In addition to our corporate clients, we're currently representing about 25 foreign countries. He's got you scheduled for 15 minutes, so make the most of it. John Milton. Kevin Lomax. Well, what's that like? One day you're putting them away, next day you're setting them free. Takes a little getting used to. Pays better though, doesn't it? Welcome to Babylon, Ma. Speak of the devil! <laughs> a world of power and seduction. Who's that with the senator? Controlled by one man. <laughs> I swear he can hear us. Hell, he can smell us. He will make your dreams come true. Wanna come upstairs and... Now? He will grant your fondest wish. I'm just warming my hands on your talent. You know what I see? I see the future of this law firm. He knows your greatest fear. Milton is into everything. Arms brokering, chemical weapons, toxic waste, money laundering for the Eastern Bloc. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't like it here, Kevin. And he knows the price of your soul. Let's make a play. 
Who are you? Oh, I have so many names. I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. God likes to watch. He's an absentee landlord. Keanu Reeves. He's always been there. I know that now. Al Pacino. As God sleeps late. We will win. It's my time now. <laughs> the Devil's Advocate. It's actually Devil's Advocate, but he said The Devil's Advocate, which yeah, I've been saying all week. I've heard both. Apparently, mm. it's written both ways in different. I don't know. It's some bullshit. But if LaFontaine says it, I guess it's gospel. Yeah. Who might argue? What happened in this movie, Greg? All right, I've got a bit of a long-winded one here. Oh, good. So bear with me, and it starts with a song. <laughs> good. A little ditty about John and Mary Ann. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. Johnny's going to be a courtroom star. Marianne goes crazy, stabs herself with a mirage. <laughs> oh yeah, life goes on. Long after John Milton's law firm is gone. That's all I wrote. Did you write it like- knowing it was a song? Or you just wrote it and then you realised, oh, it's a song? No, for some reason I was. I started thinking about the song of Jack and Diane by John Cooper Mellencamp or John Mellencamp or whatever he goes by. John Cougar Mellencamp. Oh, is that John Mellencamp? That's, that's yeah. one of those guys that I'm always like, is that Bob Dylan? He's, he's, he's in this category of singers that I they're just anonymous. I like him. Bob Dylan's. They are Bob yeah. Dylan-esque. Hey, I've got a synopsis to read. So okay. that, was a, that was like the intro. Did you like it? Oh, I liked it. Like a little pre-show, the overture. Overture? Overture. Thanks. Yeah, all of the above. We open on a courtroom. A dramatic courtroom. Top Gun hotshot lawyer Kevin Lomax never lost a case, but he's facing his <laughs> toughest challenge yet. His client, a high school teacher known for his love of pancakes, is standing trial for the alleged uh, sexual assault of one of his students, Barbara. Yeah. So Barbara's confessing. Uh, it, it seems like a closed case, you know. Everyone's saying, "Oh, you got to time's up, kid. You, you got to take your L." But yeah. this kind of, you know, this fuels Lomax. Add to this, Lomax observes his client pleasuring himself under the desk in the courtroom as his student yeah. recounts her horrific event of his assault. Again, this only drives Lomax to push harder and he miraculously seeds doubt in the authenticity of the girl's claims and the jury rules innocent and this creep's led, you know, free, free, he's left free to go. Yeah. <sighs> Mostly because she drew a picture of this teacher calling him a man pig, man bear pig who ate all the pancakes. <laughs> Super serial, you <okay. laughs> Now, who was I? <laughs> yes. So naturally his fanboy wife is equally as excited about freeing this horrible yeah. monster um, slash tremendous victory in the court 
and has equal apathy for the situation that unfolded in the courtroom and the monster they've kept free. Like, it's just, they're both cool with this and, like, excited yeah. by it. Yeah. So whilst they're smashing tequilas and getting freaky in a Gainesville dive bar to celebrate the day and the win, Lomax is approached by a slick, big city law type um, saying that, you know, him and his firm have been watching Lomax do his thing and they, they want to be in the Lomax business. They want him to come up to New York First yeah. class all the way and pick a jury and kind of, you know, do a bit of a... He can pick him. Yeah, he can pick him. Um, so yeah. off he goes and, uh, you know, it, it goes well and he, he's introduced to the big boss, John Milton. John has a, uh, a zest for life and a, and a, and a creep-heavy intensity. So John and Mayor are, uh, are seduced by the firm and its lavish, sexy parties and you, know, you can choose your fancy curtains and your big you know, Upper East Side baller apartment. John starts working long hours and while he's dazzled by the opening doors and the perks he's getting, Mayor begins to notice something more sinister and while John's stocks are rising in the firm... Mary slipping further and further into insanity, isolated, invisible to her husband, no one there to listen to her cries for help. No one believes her. Then a bunch of crazy shit happens. In the final act, things go from bad to completely bad shit. Yeah. Um, the film just really gets crazier. So does Milton. He goes full Alfredo on us. Um, he, d- I think, in the crescendo. The fiery crescendo were delivered an exuberant Alfredo monologue complete with Latin chanting and demonic incest. Yeah. So it's basically yeah. a love story. Yeah. Without Jack and I, Marianne. <laughs> Two American kids growing up the best they can. Yeah. So uh, very astute on your part. Um, yeah, man. A lot happens in this movie, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> and now you have to tell me, what did you think? Give me some, hit me. Yeah, I like this movie, man. Yeah, good, good. good. <laughs> this is very much my jam. Cool. For many oh. for many reasons. I get nervous when, when you haven't seen a film that I've seen <laughs> yeah. and enjoyed. I suppose that's yeah. natural. I enjoyed it a lot. It's um, it's like Liar Liar mixed with the Hank Scorpio episode of The Simpsons. Oh. Ooh, mixed with a porno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a couple of droplets of porn, R-rated. <laughs> yeah. Not X. And I've got to tell you, obviously I read into the origin story after I watched it. i got to tell you, I although that Joel Schumacher version may be an int- like might be a fun movie, I'm glad that this version of the movie got made because I really, I've talked before how I like comedy horror and I think it's the blend of the things that I enjoy. Yeah, and I think I like that it's held back for so long. Any special effects or anything that yeah. crazy, yeah, it makes it hit harder when it does. Yeah, and they're just it's like it's in, it's bubbling away in the background. There's salt baby, but in the there. foreground, it's just a it, yeah. It's like and and to be honest, I forgot to mention this. To be honest, I didn't really know to what degree he would literally be the devil. You know, mm. they just say that because he's a bad guy, mm. or are we going to mm. see the devil? Yeah. And um, in my plot prediction, what what helped me get it closer to being accurate was the fact that you picked it for our Halloween spectacular scary good time. 
special, um, yeah. sponsored by <laughs> Crystal Pepsi. And so they, that that made me think, okay, they're leaning into it. Is it will it will show some? It, it is the devil. So we're going to see some some spooky things unfold. Um, but then the anticipation of waiting for that because it, it plays out like a courtroom drama, man, like for ages. Yeah. And you're like, is he, is he going to be the devil? And, and so then when it starts getting sprinkled in there, it's like, ooh, ooh. I really, it's, it's my kind of thing. Yeah. There's a couple of things I really like about it. One of them being the horribleness that is, like you alluded to, that Lomax is actually an asshole from the beginning, like big time. Yeah, like that's fascinating. And that courtroom like, scene. He wasn't. Yeah. So watching this as a kid, this is, I guess, just you know the the ignorance you don't of, pay attention. of children. Yeah. You, like he wasn't. He was still. He was just like Keanu, hero of the movie. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. a jerk, and like he's quite clearly like a fucking massive asshole, immoral piece of shit the whole time. Yeah, like he struggles with it briefly, but then still follows through with it. Like he's already sold his soul to the devil. He gets the guy, like the courtroom. Oh my god, that opening scene where he's defending a guy who is he knows is guilty of molesting a girl, a child, and it makes it look like maybe he didn't know until he saw his reaction to her telling that story, and he's like, "Motherfucker, you're guilty as fuck." Yeah, and you and yeah, part of your brain goes, "All right, Keanu, you're going to do the right thing," and then he doesn't. But it's it's just a really efficient way to set him up as like, okay, this guy cares more about winning than doing the right thing. Mm. Again, very similar to a Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. And um, so both, it's a had, both had hot wives too. <laughs> both had hot wives. Charlize Theron and who's that chick in Liar Liar? I always forget her name. She's a babe. The, Irrelevant, the, uh, you, you might say. <laughs> I forget too. Um and then you got Pacino doing his thing again. He's a Jim Carrey reference point. It, seeing him play the devil is is like watching Jim Carrey play the mask. Like it's just joy, joyous, joyous, mm. and it's the horniest we've ever seen him. I'm a uh, <laughs> It's the creepiest. I'm licking my lips. <laughs> the little tongue thing. Yeah, he's sorry, always sticking his that. tongue out. He's going to, he's always looking at his eyes like, huh? Oh, and he's rooting everything and getting gobbies <laughs> under the dinner table and he's this crusty old looking dude. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were a few surprises. Delroy Lindo's in there, but then he's he's in it and then he's no longer in it. I thought we are going to get more of him. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, and then Charlize Theron. I had no idea, like I said, that she even existed back then. And um, I was very surprised to see it. I'm not a huge Charlize man generally. Yeah, really. I'm. I am. She's awesome, like, man. She she's cool and everything. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't hate her or anything, but I just say oh, yeah, she's around. But she is so fucking good in this movie, man. She's a fantastic. I am fully in converted. This. She she's is fantastic actor. Phenomenal. Have, have you seen she Monster? She is so good. I think I just have this knee jerk reaction to Monster of like, fuck off. Yeah, you made yourself a pretty person made themselves ugly for a movie. But yeah, she, she, good on you. Yeah, that's fair. She, I th- in, but in it's not defense, fair because I haven't watched it. Yeah, I haven't it's watched not, it, so it's not fair. It's a fair <laughs> – it's I would have had a similar train of thought, but I saw it for some reason. It must have been on a put flight. in front of me on a flight yeah. or something. Um, <laughs> but I, I've watched it like maybe twice, I've definitely more than once. She's incredible in it, like incredible. And, yeah, and I know she's, she's always like – She's very acclaimed as an actor. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. I just never really connected with her yeah, yeah, yeah. on enough. any level. And um, and 
here I'm like, shit. And uh, even more so because it's 1997 and A, I didn't even know she was acting then because she used to be a model, right? This, this is very early Shelley's. And so I always had this narrative in my head of, oh, she was a model and then she probably got into acting and she was probably a bit shit at the start. But this is early and she's fucking amazing in this movie. Yeah, like she completely nails it, right? She is amazing. And just the her transformation throughout the whole movie, fucking hell, man. It's so amazing. And even just for the movie, her whole arc is fucking yeah. great. She would have been, like if you're an actor, if you're an actor reading that part, I reckon you're frothing yeah. hay. Yeah. Like Descent into yeah. Madness. Yeah. It's all there. And it works for the movie because like, if you take, you could almost, you could dial that down a lot really depending on, you know, or your take o- on this movie. But I'm, or overdial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. Classic yeah. overdial. And I don't just mean the acting either. I mean just in terms of its, oh, sorry. Uh, I guess, the real, real estate and the plot. Like um, it it really underpins <clears throat> the whole thing, I think, and like her, the whole tragedy of it, and you know when it comes to things like the Bechdel test, it's interesting for the era. It's late nineties, but that's still a long time ago. She's basically she's rejecting so hard, especially initially before she goes completely um, off the wall. But she again akin to a Marge Simpson in the Hank Scorpio episode of The Simpsons. She doesn't know what to do with herself being at home all the time. She's mm. reject- she doesn't want to be a housewife and she's rejecting this thing and she's fighting to be in a movie that passes the Bechdel test, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, mm. um, and this movie does pass the Bechdel test pretty much. Yeah, because they talk about other things. Technically, and they've got names, and they, you know, she's got a whole subplot. Yeah, and yeah. And she's got a meaningful yeah. character with a meaningful arc. But um, that was, I guess, I don't know if it's the best part of the movie, but it was probably the most unexpected part of the movie, both in terms of that whole subplot and the performance. That was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. How's the rewatch for you, Greg? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a delight. It's been a while since I've watched this. I definitely watched it yeah. quite a bit, um, you know, back in the day. And I hadn't seen it for a while. So it was a nice rewatch. I watched it with Carol who hadn't seen it, which is always a yeah. plus. And what have I got to say? Well, okay, let's let's build on the performances. You talked about Charlize. Mm. I thought Keanu was awesome in this. Oh, interesting. I thought he was okay. I thought he was but great. I just I think he's great once he leaves the accent behind. There's just some things. This is in that yeah. era where, God bless him, he's trying different things, much to do about nothing, Dracula, um, this. And it, he's just, it's not even his accent necessarily. It's something about his, his voice or his tone or his cadence mm. or something where he just, he's Johnny Utah type. He has to be, he can't, you can't pull him out of that reality. Mm. Uh, it's just hard to buy. I bought because it. then when it, I bought it in like the emotional scenes and stuff, but when he's like, he's he's caught, like I do declare he doesn't say that, but you know it's very um lordy, lordy, I don't know lordy. I find the southern heart the southern stuff hard to yeah hard to is that what a, buy. is that what a Gainesvilleian do we have any friends of the show from Gainesville we'd love to hear if that's how you sound yeah. I guess Florida his accent goes in and out yeah his accent goes in and out. He does a little, but I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I know what I'm dealing with there. I, I just thought he was he was good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and I think 
you know, in the climax and then when his wife dies. and all that, he's, all, he's good. He's good in all of it. But just I think it's more just from an overall, like if, what's the, if I'm going to cast a southern lawyer. Use Matthew McConaughey. Probably. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Um, he probably wouldn't be my first pick. But yeah. I think he did pretty well. I think he did pretty well. Um, I, enjoyed, I, enjoyed, I thought yeah. he was really good in it. Like, you know. I was expecting it doesn't fit less. It doesn't fit like Pacino playing the devil. It's not the equivalent of like, oh, of course you get Keanu for this. It's not really that kind of move. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's but true. it's fine. Uh, and Charlie's uh, again. He's got these two other things happening here that are fucking amazing. I liked. I liked uh, them as a couple. I thought they were really sweet. Until yeah, they played a couple again later. Something do they? Yeah, I like their. It just seemed like a natural chemistry. I enjoyed it. Um, but Although Gino he's would, a real asshole, though. Let's yeah, be clear. sorry. In the just in the earlier scenes when they're all happy and shit, baby, and they're celebrating pedophilia together. Yeah, yeah, and biting her ass <laughs> on the dance floor. It's a classic Gainesville <laughs> move, I assume. It's called the it's called the Gator Bite. Um, yeah, so like. I was really happy with the performances. As you say, there's a peppering of, oh, that guy's? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it was pretty ironic to have Rooney in there um, given every bad person this film was kind of like a pedophile. There's a lot of pedophile, pedophilia and pedophiles everywhere. Yeah. I assume devils are all pedophiles. A lot. Yeah. So you got an actual pedophile in there. Good on you, Hollywood. That was clever. Oh, yeah, we kind of uh, glossed. I glossed over him intentionally in the casting. Fucking Jeffrey Jones, that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Fucker still gets yeah, Playing a pedophile. Um, we don't care for him. Um, we do not. We do not. We do not. We've done two of his movies in a row, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess I should um, obviously sing in the praises of this movie. And I, and I did like it. And there's nothing I – there's nothing – big that I dislike about it or anything, but it's, it's definitely a movie that like, I don't know if I'd watch it again in a hurry, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's like a, now that you're it's one adult. of those movies, I'm not going to say middle of the road, but it's just a good, I just enjoyed it. It <laughs> just, it just was a, it, it hit my palate in just the right way. But I think also because potentially I'm, I'm realizing a bit like, a bit like fantasy stuff, courtroom dramas might be a bit of a blind spot for me. Generally. Yeah. Let's let's I think Liar Liar is about it. Let's get some Grisham yeah. up in here. Up in here. Yeah, get some Grisham. Not up in here. Because yeah, I think I just rejected all of those movies. Well I me growing up. Well allow me to retort. <laughs> I think that's a legal expression. Uh we should get some <laughs> Grisham. We could do a Grisham, you know, mini series. Yeah, mini series. That's not not a bad idea. I think it's Chris Ham. Grisham. Oh, I've been saying Grisham for like <laughs> ages. <laughs> I also think with courtroom dramas, I think part of what, I don't know if this is why I reject it, but there's something about it. Every actor plays a high-flying lawyer. This, like the, the courtroom scenes are always like the same move. As I really want to watch an actual, because, you know, we work in advertising and every time we watch a movie with advertising guys in it, it's always pretty far off the reality of working in an advertising agency. And... um. Like Mel Gibson, what women want as a prime example, uh, and so I wonder if it's the same for lawyers. I tried to find one of those because there's a expert reacts to whatever movie scene for everything these days, and so I found one that was a lawyer reacts to different law scenes, 
and he included this one, but he was more just from a the law perspective yeah. versus the performance. So I really don't know, but I I got to think they don't all act like that. <laughs> Not that he's acting bad at all. It, it's just the way that every actor plays a lawyer on TV. I'm just really fascinated, and I got to imagine it's the dream for. You get to monologue. You get to do all the tricks you learned at acting school. It's probably everyone's favorite thing to do. You can't handle the truth, yeah. like all that shit. Um, everyone's a babe. Uh, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's a good Fuck point. Yeah. Okay, I want to do courtroom. I want to do a courtroom drama miniseries now because I really want to hone in on some of these these tropes. Well, let's um, let's okay, let's do it. I'm I'm pumped. And we can yeah, we just need to find some variety within it. We can get a maybe we can get a JCVD. Yeah, we can do the we can do the court case with Frank Dukes. Maybe we can hour long thing on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Should we do? Maybe we can throw it out to the gram and get some recos on the best courtroom dramas. Few good men's obviously in the mix. Yeah, the Grishams. Yeah. Hey, the special effects in this held up pretty well. I think because they used sparingly as well. Yeah, um, which which worked in their favor. Um, that final bit in particular, I mean, the, the little face changes throughout, I thought were pretty well executed. Um, but that final part where, where, where Al Pacino ages down into a young Keanu or some kind of in-between version, mm, was, uh, you know how they did that? that? That was decent. I think it was supposed to, well, I don't know in terms of literally what was supposed to be happening, but uh, he kind of turned into, was that supposed to be him younger maybe and he looked like Keanu? I got a bit. I was quite confused. Yeah, but special effects wise, I thought it looked pretty good. It looked creepy as fuck, but I mm. suppose it's supposed to. And you know what they did? So Rick Baker was the special effects guy in this movie, who was the special effects guy in pretty much every movie we've covered. Um, legend. He went back and spoke to Dick Smith, not the Australian Dick Smith, who was a special effects guy on The Godfather, and got the mold that they had of Al Pacino's face. And use that in in part of the special effects to get the transition because he actually young, before he transforms into Keanu he goes into young Pacino into oh, Keanu. I didn't notice. Yeah, not bad, not bad. And another really? one that I thought was cool because I thought it looked real and it looked real because it was was um, Charlize's boobs. Charlize's boobs and also Pacino's big high rise patio thing. That's real. But what you can't see is that that's not the edge of the building. Like there's a bit underneath that goes out further. So it's just the angle that's that cool. makes it look like that's just a straight up edge. Because um, that looks so real. And there's a scene later where they're on a balcony somewhere. It looks so fake. It's quite the infinity pool. It really is, man. Fuck. Um, so I thought that was good. I agree. Again, it's probably probably a case of it being used sparingly as well. Yes, yeah. it's, it's just sprinkled in here and there. Yeah, and to that point, can you think of another example where you've got a satanic character, someone playing the devil or some such, and they don't transform into a giant demon at some point? Like most, I of was those, waiting for him. He's going to go. Yeah, I really. I'm the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I I was a I kind of wanted it to happen, but then B I was kind of worried that. It would ruin everything. Like, like it would look terrible. Oh, Seymour's arrived home. Hello, um, Seymour. That it would just look like something out of Spawn. Remember <laughs> Spawn? Yeah, I just, um, I just said that as well. Oh, did you just say yeah. uh, I can hear Seymour barking. Um, but it didn't happen, which is nice. Classy. 
Classy. Classy. Yeah. Did you reckon that Cullen guy was based on Trump? Well, it was Trump's apartment. Ah, oh, was it? Cause I, yeah. Because I was looking at it. Isn't and that we, crazy? Ca- yeah, Carol and I both said, well, it was like, okay, polarising property mogul in New York, like as the actual. Yeah. Well, hated polarising, whatever. Decadent apartment. I was like, that is like Trump-esque as that apartment. Lots of pillar, lots of gold and, you yeah. know, creeps on his daughter. So, And apparently it was his apartment. The only thing that gives me doubts is he doesn't have a cameo in the mil- in the in the movie, as we know, Home Alone two. He owned the plaza at that time, and to shoot at the plaza, he's like, "Well, you have to give me a cameo in the movie." Um, movie about the devil. Which he didn't have know. in this. Sapporo <laughs> was born to play. Um, he does get mentioned in it, though. Does he? Someone says Donald Trump was supposed to be here tonight or something at one of the parties, one of the sexy parties. Oh, yeah. He would have been at the sexy parties for sure. <laughs> he would have been there. You can't blame him. Yeah. Speaking of sex, what do you think the Viagra budget mm. for this film was? The Viagra budget mm. <laughs> for Pacino. He's a horny. How old is Pacino? In this film? Yeah. Let's work it out. He's He's one of those people. He, he's not one of those people that's always been old like Morgan Freeman, but he's one of those people that went from 20 to 50 suddenly in like five years. He was uh, young and then he was old. There's so no in this case, he's 81 now. He was born in 1940, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. He was 57. Yeah, okay. He's yeah, in his 50s. That's, right. that's pretty young now that I'm nearly 40. And Keanu's, Keanu's 57 now. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, that's a big wow. Wow. Whoa. Oh, we should do a whoa on the soundboard. We should. We have a whoa let's and a face wow. It, this guy's, he's gone. Yeah, give it a toasty. Can we talk about the ending? Yeah, let's let's talk about the ending. And from where, where do I you mean, say from minds. ending? Like that whole final scene up in the. Well, yeah, inclusive of that. Inclusive yeah, you of you want to start there? Do you have anything of that to, to, well, bring, uh, to yeah. dive into? It, I get it. There's got to be a fiery crescendo, but um, yeah, kind of lost me a little bit. I didn't. It's like, hard. Like, what are they actually doing? Yeah, what do you do? Is he, he's meant to, is he making a devil baby? Is that the idea? He's got to bang his sister to make a pure devil baby. And why does he need to? Why does he need to? Wouldn't he be the devil baby? He's already the devil. What does he need a devil baby for? But no, wouldn't 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 Keanu already be the devil baby? Yeah, and he's got devil baby girl. Yeah. So I don't really understand the logic of what went down there. Yeah, I was a bit confused. I did enjoy his monologue. Yeah. Touch but don't taste that. Taste but don't f- swallow. Don't swallow. And the lighting of that scene was great because he would lean forward now and then and the, his face would be lit up all red from the fire or something. Mm. But it just worked perfectly because like, he's a fucking devil. Mm. But it it, it, all, it like transformed his face every time he went forward like, eh, eh. But, I mean, I guess I wouldn't know how to end it. Other, <laughs> like I don't really know what you would do otherwise. Yeah, but I agree. It feels something feels like. I mean, I like that it doesn't turn into a big Malibuja. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't no really balance. get why he has to bang his sister. Yeah. Hey, just before you go into the next bit of the ending, which I, mm-hmm. I also got a bit confused about who knew he was the devil and who didn't. Like, I assume that. Yeah. I assume that. Um, what's his name? Jeffrey Jones, Eddie Barzoon. I assume he would have known he was the devil, but if he did, why would he be challenging the devil so much? Wouldn't you just go, okay, Mr. Devil Man, I'm, yeah. I'm on board with what you're so saying. So I guess he didn't know? 
And then why wouldn't he know? Everyone and else because other knew. people that seem not and they're yeah, all demons that don't seem all that important. No, yeah. Like if he's the MD, he's got to be one of those demons. Yeah, and are they normal people that become demons once he, I don't know, wins them over, or are they already demons that he brought up with him to hang out and be lawyers? I don't know. Oh, that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun teen comedy. Satan and his demon mates at college, law school. Oh yeah, yeah. Youthful Not demonics. Bad. Yeah. I'll be down for that. <laughs> Story by. They get into get into some kind of like Twilight, hijinks. but Satan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dusk. Just call it dusk. Getting randoms, getting randoms pregnant for later on. <laughs> mm. Behold, I fall alone into your sheep. Is that what he says? I love the idea of sequels that change genres, and some sort of do it a little bit, like Terminator. The first one's almost like a slasher into then the next one's more of an action movie, but it's still, it's not that different. But I would love like a comedy where the sequel is then a horror movie, like straight horror movie. That would be fascinating, wouldn't it? Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be on board. So 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 all that happens, Keanu will not bang his sister because um, he's a classy man. But he fantasizes And he shoots himself in the head. Uh, he, well, he does before he knows. Oh, uh, is that? Oh, gets weird yeah. then, does it? <laughs> At that point, <laughs> yeah. And um, shoots himself in the head. Then he wakes up. Whoa! What? A, what a dream! Was it a dream? It wasn't a dream, right? He just went back to. I guess in the process of killing himself, things just circled back. He didn't imagine it. It wasn't in his head, right? I don't know. No, couldn't be. It happened. Yeah, the part where he goes back to, in the beginning of the movie when that scene first happens, him in the bathroom, there is like this weird noise. Shuggy bit. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, because I kept thinking I missed something and I kept rewinding it because I thought, did I miss something? Did he see something in the mirror? But nothing happened. But it was the moment he ended up coming back to. Yeah. So that's interesting. But it, it felt a bit like I did roll my eyes when he showed up back there. <laughs> it was mm. just a bit ah, oh, bit of a cop really? out. Yeah, and then it was mega cheese ball when that other guy at the end turns out to be Al Pacino again. He's mm. like, <laughs> hoo ha! It's like the old lady at the end of the Tenacious D video. It's, it's Play so, the best you know, song in the world. <laughs> All right, yeah. yourselves. That one. It's yeah. It's just the uh, it's big ball of cheese. I think it was the style at the time, Tristan. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been. Um, and then he taps into vanity again, and I guess that's kind of cool. But yeah, maybe they could have been more subtle about that. Maybe they could have just said. Maybe that actor could have said that line without being Al Pacino. Vanity is my favorite sin, or whatever. And then like, says. turn into a giant Balrog. <laughs> A side note, I think Pacino, is Pacino secretly bald? It looked like a wig in this. Did it? He had that funny that funny hairline. But yeah. actors wear wigs in different movies. But I think he might be bald in real life. I just got that feeling about this guy. <laughs> like a, like a secret. I don't know. I mean, he's 80. He can let it go if he wants to. You can, if you see his wig, you can look but don't touch. Hey, you can taste but don't swallow my wig. Swallow, but don't enjoy. I've gone somewhere weird. <laughs> uh, um, 
Should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I enjoyed this picture, Greg. Um, especially because I haven't seen it. I enjoy, I enjoy I enjoy movies where it's like you think it's going somewhere but it holds it back and then it's like, oh, that's a little bit spooky. Oh, what's going on there? Ooh. Like Supernatural without the Supernatural stuff being front and centre. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I Not like it. Supernatural notes. Yeah. There's a show right now. Get your imagination going. Nine, nine Perfect Strangers. And it's based on a book and I haven't read the book. But it's one of those ones where you're like, I can't tell if this is going to be supernatural or not, and I like it. <laughs> and maybe it's one of those things we will never know because they're all tripping on the microdosing uh, mushrooms or something. And um, so, but you're seeing what they see, so you don't know. There's a little bit of like, well, but is that happening, or are they just tripping and etc. So it's a good time, um, you might say. But yeah, this movie. It's it's one of those movies that it's like I've watched it and I enjoyed it, but I don't know how frequently I'll revisit it. Yeah. Um, like I don't think if this was two thousand and two, I don't I don't know that I'd buy the DVD. Um, okay. But I enjoyed it. What are you giving it stars wise? Oh, I don't know if what to give it stars. Stars wise, I'd probably give it just a th- three out of five. Yeah. But that's not. But that's that's why I stopped doing stars because it feels it's, it's it oversimplifies things. Well, I'm going to keep doing stars because Margaret and Damien <laughs> did. Yeah, they did, didn't they? I'll do thumbs. Ten thumbs out of thirty. <laughs> no, you're a jerk. <laughs> be arbitrary every time. Um, no, I I enjoyed it, and uh, but I was going to say I feel like it's probably the perfect movie, and I'm amazed this didn't happen to me in my younger days. That maybe it's just the late night movie, and you don't know much about it but you watch it because there's maybe promises of some boob or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then you really get sucked in and you're like, what is this movie? This is cool. Because it says the following movie he's M.A. and has sex scenes, violence, Good stuff in it. drugs yeah. and supernatural <laughs> themes. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is my jam. Or alternatively in a more adult context, not that kind of adult, but um, a flight movie. I think for for both those scenarios it's the it's the going in with no expectations thing. I think that. That I enjoyed. Did the trailer spoil it? I can't remember. But I, I really liked not knowing if it was actually going to be supernatural or not. Um, gave it an edge. But you don't. How about you, Greg? You don't feel it had too much boobs for a flight movie? I always get a bit funny when I got boobs on the screen on a. Plane. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I get heaps weird, man. <gasps> I tried to. Man, I used to because I used to fly a lot, and I downloaded Game of Thrones on my iPad. I'm like, oh, all right, I'm, yeah. I'm flying a. I was flying Japan or something and I had all this time and I'm like, I'm going to watch the whole first season because I've never seen it and I feel like I just need to sit down and watch it. And there was booze, booze, booze and I was so embarrassed I couldn't watch it. Yeah, I could not watch so it on the flight. <laughs> what kind of boob? Uh, how about you, Greg? Uh, the, uh, what's your verdict? Yeah, look, I'm sort of deliberating between three and three and a half stars. Yeah. Uh, maybe three and a half. Yeah, give it three and a half because I was the same, so it's somewhere in between the two. Yeah, it's uh, I enjoyed it, man. Like it's not perfect for sure, but it's it's an enjoyable romp. 
and it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, I agree with what you said. It's got that sort of, you know, it keeps you going. It's not like out and out supernatural from the get go. Yeah. It's nice, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, did Simpsons do it? I couldn't find anything, but Neither. of course, Hank Scorpio, just watch that whole episode. That's, you're basically it is Hank there. Scorpio. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, porn parody, I couldn't find one, but I mean, it's it's a pretty erotic film as it is. Yeah. You just need a bit more penny. Who's <laughs> penny? Penetration. Oh, penetration. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's crass. I apologize. We're not, we're not about that here. Yeah. Uh, FX test, uh, yes, yeah, it's a big yes from me. Uh, Bechdel test, I th- it's a yes technically, and I think it's a yes overall because part of the whole point of Charlize's character is fighting against just being a housewife. She wants to be an actual human with things to do. Yeah, so I, g- I give it a big yes. And the mum talks yes. about like wolves and <clears throat> sheep and stuff, so that's not men. Yeah. Well, they go shopping. I mean, that sounds cliche. But they go shopping and they talk about all kinds of things. So this uh, <laughs> is as bad as your thing where they're talking about washing the dishes or something. <laughs> this all sounds terrible, but it means they it go technically shopping. Passes. They get out of the kitchen for a half hour. <laughs> um, oh, I, I do also like, and it's not technically a Bechdel test thing, but I think it's Bechdel adjacent, is that the mother-in-law really supports her. Mm. I like that. You don't see that very often. Not enough. It's like how you don't see a nice stepdad. You don't see a nice mother-in-law. Like she's like, hey, you need to take better care of your wife. Mm, she's going fucking crazy. And she came back down to help or up to help her. Mm, uh, from I thought that was really cool. You don't see that a lot. No, she's not from hell. She's from the south. Oh, just when you said Wait, up. Is it the south? <laughs> that was good south, um, by the way. My MVP is Charlize. Yeah, cool. Uh, I, look, I'd probably give it to Hearst, but why don't I be different and give it to Al because yeah. I thought he was – Alfredo was on point Fair too. enough. He was. He was. So he had a horny good time. Oh, he, was, he had a great time making this film. It was very clear. <laughs> so next week, Adam's family. Adam's family. The Adam's family. Who is this Adam guy and who is his family? Well, yeah, we'll get to that next week. In the meantime, hey, leave us a review, why don't you? Yeah. If you uh, we'd appreciate it if you could on Apple. They still work for podcasts. us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but we'll see you next week. I've got nothing to finish on. Do you have any, uh, uh, anything clever nothing. to say? Yeah. Uh, go sports. It's finals footy weekends. Grand final AFL tomorrow. Semi finals. about those dolphins? NRL tonight. I'm going to go and drink some beers. It's my wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary to my beautiful wife and best friend. Happy Carol. anniversary. Friend of the show. Greg wife of the Carol. show. Friend of the show. By the time. Uh, she'll never hear this. Yeah, she won't hear this. That's cool. Maybe she'll hear it by next anniversary. Maybe. Why don't she watch the movie? So maybe she will listen to this one. We'll never know. Mm. We'll know. We'll never know. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye.